On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we look back at the week that was, including games like the Red River Showdown. We had Oklahoma surviving against Texas, but Texas with a gritty cover. We're also discussing Wisconsin and how they are rolling through the Big Ten. They've got a big showdown with Ohio State Lumen in a couple of weeks. And then we look ahead to some big games this week, including such massive matchups like Utah and Arizona State. Penn State and Michigan, and many more. The model and I also discuss Georgia's wicked bad loss and what this means, as well as which one loss team, Georgia or Notre Dame, has a better shot at making the college playoff. Then we segue into the NFL. We welcome back our insider, Coulter, as we break down our picks. And a slight housekeeping note here, we are going to be off next week. We have a bye week. Yes, even podcasters need a bye week. So stick around, everybody, for episode 53 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as usual. Once again, I am joined by my co-host Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Air, let's talk Washington Nationals. Can you believe your own Washington Nationals are going to the World Series? It's unbelievable. I, I honestly don't. When you look back at the season, I remember I was at a game in May. We were terrible. I don't Ugh. think we were quite 19 and 31 just yet, Ugh. but it was looking grim. I would have never thought we'd be where we are right now. It boggles my mind how good this team is playing based on kind of some of the performances they've had over the course of the season. Their bullpen was just utter carnage Ugh. for much of the year, and it seems like they've cleaned it up and people are just ticking on all cylinders. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to look at. I think in the NLCS, I read a stat, and I might be a little off on this, but they never trailed the entire NLCS, and yep. I think they were only tied for four for five or six innings. I can't remember what the exact number was, which is outrageous. I mean, it was Amazing. utter domination. Last night, I was there. It was a party from the get-go. They jumped out to a 7 nothing lead, which is Completely ironic because a week ago, the Cardinals did something similar to the Braves in an elimination game. And now we do it to the Cardinals. It's just they're they're hot right now. And you now are at the point where it's it's absurd to talk about this. But now the question is, does this rest help us or hurt us? Yeah. So there's we're recording this on a Wednesday. They closed out the series last night on a Tuesday night. And they don't know who they play next. It's the Yankees or the Astros. But this World Series is going to start basically almost a week from today, a week from yesterday. So they have seven days off, and they're going to be doing some rest and relaxation. But we actually debating we were off air before this. We're not sure that's a good thing. We might want them just to start up right away. Yeah, and baseball is a funny sport like that. When you are rolling, you almost want to keep playing. And the regular season in baseball, you're playing seven games in eight days regularly. You know, you're doing stretches where it's 15 games in 18 days. I think they put up a stat overall. The Nats played 170 games in about 185 days. So crazy. It's crazy. And now you got almost a full week off. You just got to hope the momentum is there. 
And I've seen situations like this where a team just goes cold all of a sudden because they weren't playing. But I, you just got to hope the Nats can can keep that hotness there. They've got the starting pitching, which is really the key factor here. Anytime you've got a team with aces the way they've got, you're always going to be in the in the game. You just got to hope that they keep it rolling as well and make it a hell of a series. And I think that's where the playoffs are different than the regular season. You are able to flex your starting pitching into relief roles and you don't need to trot them out there every fourth or fifth day to get obliterated by a good lineup. You can kind of hide them a little bit and then also use your really good relievers. So to me, the nationals are in a great spot now that they've made it this far. And I'm hopeful that they're going to be able to continue and see who we play. Yeah. And they've got great depth on the bench. They've got defensive substitutions that they can plug in there. They've got speed. They play good defense. It's a really well-rounded team. And you think they're going to match up pretty well with whoever they're playing. Granted, the Astros and Yankees are both juggernauts. So huge. It's not going to be an easy series. I don't think anybody is thinking that. But you got to like the Nats momentum. You got to like our chances coming into this, given the way that we're playing. Yep, we will see how it goes, and it'll be interesting to watch the other series to who, see who wins that one. Oof, it's going to be interesting, my friend. Uh, okay, before we jump into everything, let's do our housekeeping. Yep, so got to plug the podcast. You can find us on wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify. We're on social media. Check us out at Twitter, at Double Down Corp, or on Instagram, at Double Down Trent. And then we have our website, DoubleDownTrent.com. Come join the competition that we'll be talking about here shortly picking college football games against the spread all year. We've had some fantastic listeners join. It's been a lot of fun and I am coming for the man. I love it. Yeah. You made a little run. it, It pains me to say this, but you're back. I'm officially off my heater. I'm now cold. I've entered cooler mode. It's not good for me right now. I don't want to spoil a look ahead on the reveal of how we did in our picks here, but it's, uh, it's getting hairy and you're making a little charge here. So you got to feel good about yourself, Mr. Model. I am coming, baby. I cannot be stopped. I would start looking in your rear view mirror because uh, you're going to see me really soon. I mean, at this point, I'll be honest with you. I'm not so much worried about you. I'm worried about freaking Jojo who will not lose. And Lenny, who is coming down the stretch with some fucking key picks. That's what I'm worried about here. Okay. And well, and let's talk about that for a second. So for the current standings, we had some phenomenal uh, results from last week. So Shep Dog went six and zero on his Dog. picks. Unbelievable, so, man! Utterly insane. He had taken a week off the week prior. He is now back in in vengeance. He is almost in first place. We'll get there. And then we had a couple other listeners go five and one. So we had Dumb Man Forty Seven went five and one. And then I went five and one. So I'm uh, have a little momentum, which was highly needed. So I'm coming for you. You know, it's also nice to see dumb man 47 get out from the cellar. He was pulling up the rear for a long, long time. It's good to see that dumb man got some picks, right? So must feel good for dumb man. It's about time. So let's go through the results from last week over the six games. And then we will jump into listener standings and build a little suspense. You ready? Let's do it, my man. All right. The first one was a pretty much a snooze fest. Uh, Iowa plus four home for Penn State. You and I had both taken Penn State minus four here, and that ended up coming through just like we expected. Um, close game, low scoring. Yeah. I think exactly what people had thought. Florida or uh, Penn State had won 17 uh, 12, so pretty close, just barely covered the four. But that's exactly what we needed. What do you think? Yeah, that game was boring. Iowa, they've proven that their offense is 
absolutely garbage, but their defense is good. Yeah, yeah they, they held sure. Penn State to a low uh, low scoring output. They held um, who was it? it? Was or Ohio State to a low game a couple weeks ago? So that defense is for real. But that was a boring game. Penn State. It, I don't think Iowa has played Ohio State yet. I think they've held Iowa State Iowa low, State. and then uh, there was another Big Ten. Michigan was a pretty low scoring game as well. That's Ten right. three, I think. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Thank you. Good correction there. Um, so they are what they are. Penn State's now seventh in the country. They got some uh, big games coming ahead with Michigan, Michigan State coming up. So interesting to see what happens with them. But yeah, boring game. And we'll talk more about Penn State here in a second when they are in the matchup for this coming week against Michigan. Yep. All right. The second game was Wisconsin minus 10 and a half against Michigan State. Wisconsin has been an absolute freaking juggernaut this year. I was not expecting it whatsoever. You and I were both on the same page. We had both taken Wisconsin minus 10 and a half, and that came through. Wisconsin, let me just tell you for a second. Let me just read to you the number of points they've let their opponents score this season. You ready? Let's do it. Zero, zero, 14, 15, zero, zero. They are a force to be reckoned with. Not only do they have the ferocious defense, their offense is putting up a ton of points too. So they are no joke. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor had a, had a pretty phenomenal game. 26 rushes for 80 yards, three receptions for 22 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but you know, it's not, they have almost like almost haven't needed him with some of the, with the way their defense has been playing, but it's been like a little cherry on top. So I would imagine that they're going to continue to play, uh, and play well. The big matchup that I have circled on my calendar coming up in a couple weeks is Wisconsin, Ohio state. That'll be a dandy. Yeah. And my only beef here with the NCAA, and I don't even know if it's them, if it's the TV people, but that's a noon game. How is that game? Not the marquee night matchup. I want Herb Street. I want Fowler. I want everything around that game. It needs to be at night. Let the fans get into it. Not that they won at the noon game anyway, but that's got to be the night game. Yeah. I I don't make these decisions or I agree. <laughs> yep. But yeah, they made Michigan State had a pretty good defense coming into this and they For just sure. ran all over them, put up 38 yep. points. So they're a team you got to watch now. And I got to say, too, looking back at our uh, Heisman uh, futures bet here. I did take a running back. I picked Travis Etienne. I probably should have taken Jonathan Taylor. If we were going to go to running back, he is running his way into the Heisman conversation. Yeah. And I fully expect that he will be one of the few invitees to New York or wherever they hold the Heisman these days. Um, I'm not sure he will be the winner, but I could very much see him being in the short list. Jim. All right. Our third game, the red river shootout, Texas and Oklahoma at a neutral site. Oklahoma was favored by 10 and a half. You and I both lost this one. We both taken Oklahoma minus 10 and a half and they did not cover. They eked this one out by about seven points, 34, 27. Any takeaways on this one? Yeah. Fuck Texas. (laughs) Okay. Even when I pick against them, they come back and screw me. So not only did they not win, but they covered. Okay. That if they had won and knocked off Oklahoma, maybe they would have brought me back on their bandwagon. I could have jumped on board, but now with a loss, and they covered this game. They screwed me both ways. I got to say, Sam Ellinger is a big game quarterback. He Huge. came to play. It, it, he is a guy that may not be a traditional thrower, may not be a traditional quarterback in the ways that you see as like a pure pocket passer. But that guy can play. He's a leader. Something about him, man. He he shows up in these big games. For Oklahoma, though, you're just happy you got to win there. That's a, you know, hold your breath. We got to win. 
let's move on. They now have a really clear path. It looks like to the, uh, the, the playoff Texas though, you got, they're done, right? They got two losses there. That's it for them. Yeah. You got to think that they're done. There'll be an interesting matchup with them coming up and playing Baylor here shortly. Baylor still undefeated. I'd imagine Texas wins that probably close, but we'll see. But yeah, I don't think Texas will be considered in the playoff anymore unless there's something drastic that happens between now and the rest of the year. Yeah, we'll see. But I, th- I think uh, Oklahoma's got to be happy with where they are, obviously. <laughs> okay, our fourth game back to the SEC. Uh, LSU was home against Florida. LSU was favored by 12 and a half. I had taken LSU, which won. You took Florida, which lost. What's your thoughts here? Man, I this one makes me so mad because I picked against my our guy, Coach O, Coach in, in LSU. That was I should not have gotten that. I was just all aboard the Florida train. I saw them looking pretty good coming into this game. It was a tough spot for them. They actually were hanging around. Uh, it was tied pretty late in that game in the third quarter, but then LSU just flexed their muscles. Joe Burrow, let's be honest, he's going to be in New York for the Heisman. He is showing up to be a real dope quarterback. I can't pick against LSU moving forward here. They're they're one of those teams right now that are just rolling. They're sitting pretty here, uh, going into the real meat of their schedule. I I'm not picking against Coach O anymore. I can't do it. I, I don't think you can. Yeah, it was it, it, they were tied at halftime, 21-21, and then Florida came out and scored early in the third quarter to take a seven-point lead. But then you had three touchdowns by LSU, all unanswered by uh, Florida to pull away to finish 42-28. Love that they did it. Love that they covered and got me a win here. Um, good game, and we'll see what happens with Florida the rest of the yeah. year. I can't imagine they're going to be doing much better after given their hard schedule. Yep, that's going to be it for them, I would assume. But LSU, they're about to get into a stretch here. So they got Mississippi State. That's a cakewalk. Then they're playing number 11 Auburn, which is in LSU. So that's going to be an incredible game. And then the following week, the following week, they play Alabama. So yeah. that it's pure carnage in the sec. And you got to imagine whoever emerges from this clean on the other end is going to be the favorite to obviously make the playoff, but win the sec, it's going to be quite the matchups. And I'm really fucking excited for it. Should be fun. All right. Our fourth game, uh, our fifth game, Texas A&M was home against Alabama. You and I had both taken Alabama minus 16 and a half. And they covered huge spread and they covered it just fine. They won by about 19 uh, points, 47 to 28. Man, putting up 47 on AM is a flex. They're, they look like track team out there. Their wide receivers, their skill position players are so fucking fast. It's ridiculous. And Tua is so accurate with the, with the ball. It, it, he makes it look so easy. I mean, obviously he's one of the guys that's been on the radar for a long time now, but he really makes it easy, especially when you got guys as fast as their receivers are. I mean, you saw him a couple weeks ago, Alabama's wide receivers are literally playing rock, paper, scissor to try and see who's going to run the the route. That's a primary read and score a touchdown. So they're just having their way with teams right now. A and M man, their, their defense, I thought was going to at least show up here, but you know, we got a big enough win for Alabama to cover here. They're rolling. They really don't have a test. I mean, they got Tennessee and Arkansas coming up before they play LSU. So they're going to be, I, I mean, do you even, you got to play your guys and get them ready for that LSU game. But you see these situations where they played like Southern Miss and they're up 47, 49, seven. They're playing these teams that are kind of shitty. I, I'm imagining it's going to be an incredible blowout against Tennessee and an incredible blowout against Arkansas before they get to LSU. So cakewalks and then the big matchup. 
Yeah, and I would expect that they'd give them their, their guys some rest if possible. They could get them out a little early in the fourth quarter um, to rest up because that LSU matchup will be huge. Yeah. Okay, our last game, we did uh, uh, six games for the price of five. This Free was, uh, game! <laughs> Notre Dame was home against visiting USC. Notre Dame was the favorite, ten and a half. Again, you and I differed. I took USC plus 10 and a half. I believed in those Trojans who you had taken Notre Dame minus 10 and a half and you lost my friend. USC came for, through for, through for me. I should have known once you picked USC because you're the Pac-12 guy. You got all these Pac-12 teams. You got some weird model knowledge on them. I should have known something was up here. I should have smelled it. I was riding Notre Dame and I hate Notre Dame. I've talked about this on this podcast, how I don't like them. I pick against them. I said, Ian book is garbage. I said, Brian Kelly is garbage. Well, they didn't cover for me, but they won the game. So that is, again, that's like Texas. They did the same thing to me, okay? If they were going to win this game, they should have fucking covered. At least I could have got the win. But we're now talking uh, an interesting situation here for Notre Dame because we were texting, and this is a decent segue. We didn't pick this game or talk about this game, but the Georgia Bulldogs go down in a really bad fashion to South Carolina. So now they're sitting there with one loss, and Notre Dame's sitting here with one loss. And we differ on this here. You think Notre Dame's got a better, a more likely path to get to the the playoff? Yeah. So the scenario that we had put to each other was if you could pick one of these two teams, Georgia or Notre Dame, who would be more likely to get to the playoff? Is that right? Yep. That's right. And you had taken your own Georgia Bulldogs. That's right. And I took the Notre Dame Fighting Irish because when I look ahead for Notre Dame, so let me put the case for Notre Dame for you. Let's hear it. I think Notre Dame has a pretty good shot at winning out. So their one loss for the year would be against what I consider to be a pretty good Georgia team. Mm-hmm. So they just beat USC. Their their game uh, later this October uh, is against Michigan. That's on October 26th. So not this weekend, but next weekend. And then here are the rest of the opponents who they'll play. I expect these all to be wins. Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, Boston College, and Stanford. Yes, so to me, I think that there's a pretty good chance that Notre Dame finishes as a one-loss team. And because they're not playing a conference championship, I like that to me is mitigated risk of another loss. So I see them as finishing, what, 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one or whatever yep. it is. Mm-hmm. And that resume to me is going to put them up there as some a team to be considered for the playoff. Tell me I'm crazy. See, I agree with everything you said. Right up till not being in the conference title game helps them. And here's why <laughs> I said this last year and they made the playoff, but I'm going to keep saying this because it's going to, it's going to bite its head against Notre Dame. And I think this is the year they're going to be a one loss team. They're going to win out. I give you that, Yeah. but you're looking at teams that are ahead of them. Okay. Ohio state undefeated. Even if they get one loss, they're going to be ahead of Notre Dame, Oklahoma undefeated. Even if they have one loss, they're going to be ahead of Notre Dame Clemson undefeated. Even if they get one loss, they're going to be ahead of Notre Dame. That leaves us with the sec. Okay. Yep. Now if it's Alabama, they're getting in no matter what. Now, the reason I think Georgia has got a better shot at this than Notre Dame is they, they control their destiny here. If I am in that Georgia locker room, I'm telling them we still control our destiny. If Georgia wins out and they knock off, whether it's LSU, whether it's Alabama, if they win the sec with one loss, they're making the playoff. There's no way they get left out. Okay. That is why. Now, you look at their schedule. They've got Florida on their schedule. 
I think they're going to rally and win that game. I think Florida's done. I think their motivations are done. But then the only game that you're looking ahead again is is Auburn. And that's going to be a hell of a matchup. So if you're a Georgia fan, I know everyone is down on this. AK is down on this. A bunch of Georgia people are down on this. But they control their own destiny. If they went out, they're making the playoff. And in Notre Dame, if you're Notre Dame and you now all of a sudden, let's say they're in the ACC and they go up against Clemson, they knock off Clemson, then that looks like an incredible team with one loss as opposed to a team who's sheepish, doesn't go and play in a conference and just let everyone else play the hard games and jump into the playoffs. So I think Notre Dame is, is affected negatively by this. All right. So that's really interesting. So I didn't know that Georgia was missing LSU and Alabama this year in their regular yeah. season schedule. Yeah. So what you're basically telling me is that I agree with you. I could very much see them winning out the rest of the year. I still can't believe they lost to South Carolina. That just I can't either. sucks. That's brutal. And then what you're telling me is that the SEC conference game is going to be the point that I either need to hedge my Georgia uh, playoff your college champion, national champion winner bet. Yep. Or let it ride and see if they can pull an upset there. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. Okay. All right. I can get on board of that. Yeah. And they just got to control their destiny. They got to win out. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not saying it's, it's likely either, but they control their own destiny where I don't think Notre Dame does. No, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I yeah. think you talked me into it. Cause I mean, you're going to have either Alabama or LSU coming out of the sec West and you just gotta, you gotta beat them. Now, I'm not saying that's easy. Don't get me wrong. That is not easy. It's not but. easy. And I think where I'm coming from is I think Notre Dame has a better shot at being a candidate to, cons- to be considered for the college playoff. Cause I think they are more likely to win, to get to the point versus a Georgia who now has one loss and must beat an Alabama or an LSU in the conference championship. In addition to some of these other tough games, I do agree with that too, but let's play a little bit of devil's advocate. Let's say even Georgia falls and they don't make it and they, they lose to whether it's Alabama or LSU or whatever it is you're now looking at, let's just say it's Alabama. I already mentioned those three other teams. You're looking at an undefeated Alabama team. Notre Dame's not making it They're They're not jumping those four teams. And even if any one of those first three teams has one loss, I don't think Notre Dame is jumping them either. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the Ohio States and Wisconsin's of the world. And then if yep. uh, Oklahoma stumbles, I don't see Clemson losing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we didn't even mention Wisconsin in that. They they could win yeah. the Big Ten. And then you got you're talking about an Ohio State team with one loss. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. I just don't see a road that they get in there. All right. Should we move on to this week? Yes, or- man. Good, good, uh, good debate. Let's go segue into our picks for this week. All right. Let's do listener standings first to let everyone know where the hell they land. In first place, we have Jojo. Jojo. Barely hanging on. He is at 67% accuracy. Now in a close second, Shep Dog with his 6-0 week last week is right behind him. 65% accuracy. In third place, we have a tie. We have Lenny and the man, you, both with 61% accuracy, so very much still in the game. In fifth place, we have Graham, who took the week off. Sixth place, we have a tie uh, with 53% accuracy, Colorado Rocky and the model. I'm coming, baby. I'm coming. In eighth place, we have Luann, who had also taken last week off 50%. Ninth place, AK, 48%. Tenth place, we have a tie, Little Model and the Legend, both at 47%. Dumb Man, 47, is now up to 45% accuracy, good for 12th place. Mrs. Model in 13th with 42%. And in last place, still, Deke Buff. 33% accuracy. 
Okay. A lot of opportunity here. I got to tell all of our listeners, obviously, thank you for playing along, but also beware. I am seeing the board well this week. <laughs> Not as well as you think. I think that's <laughs> going to come, uh, come bite you in the ass right here. All right. Let's see it, my man. All right. You ready for this week? Let's do it. I had to do some finessing. These This week's games were not as good as last week, so we're coming with the standard five. The first game, we are going to the Big Ten. We are taking Penn State home against a visiting Michigan Wolverines. Your Michigan Wolverines, my friend. <laughs> Penn State is favored by eight and a half. Are you going Penn State minus eight and a half or Michigan plus eight and a half? Okay. I don't think this should come as a surprise. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. To this podcast. I am so out on Michigan. It's not even funny. Okay. I was done with them weeks ago and I still maintain that they are done. Okay. But I will say after, I will say after losing to Wisconsin, they had an easy cupcake blowout win against Rutgers. They survived against Iowa and they blew out an easy cupcake in Illinois. I think people might be looking at this and say, hey, you know what? That hardball, maybe he's got them coming back around. False. False. Okay. I am riding Penn State. They are a good team for me. I've picked them twice and I've won twice with them. They've shown that they can score. Their defense is pretty resilient. I don't see any way that – well, not anyway. I just don't see Michigan's offense being able to move the ball against Penn State. I think Penn State does enough here uh, to, to put up some decent points. I'm taking Penn State. Give me the eight and a half. I'm laying it with the favorite. Yep. I am in agreement with you here. My model is telling me that this is a Penn State win by about two touchdowns, just under. I like Penn State minus eight and a half. I think that they'll win this game, hopefully by, if my model is right, right around 13 points. That's what I'm seeing. Ooh, I like that. All right. In our second game, a little bit of a reach, but this team has momentum. South Carolina is home against a visiting Florida team coming off a tough loss. South Carolina is the underdog plus five and a half Florida, the visitor, the favorite minus five and a half. Who do you like? I got to say, this is a case of instant reactions here. South Carolina knocks off Georgia. Now the public is all on them. They're like, Oh, maybe the South Carolina team, they've got it. And it's also perfect timing because Florida is coming off that loss to LSU. Now, the final score may make it look like that was a bad loss for Florida. They were hanging with them. That's a tough place to play. It was a night game in LSU. Florida, they don't have much to play for at this point, so I could see maybe them coming out a little flat. Maybe they're not responding as well. This is an easy time for a school and a program like Florida to get off the rails. Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) Give me the Gators. This This is a trap game with the line. I think every I think Vegas is wanting is daring you to take South Carolina here and it's a fool's bet. Don't do it. All right. We are in agreement yet again, although this is an example where I am overruling my model. <laughs> let the record show. Okay. Let the record show. So this is one that I just, frankly, I don't believe it. Uh, my model is telling me that this is going to be a South Carolina win by about a touchdown. I don't see it. It just doesn't go, doesn't rest well in the gut. Yeah. I don't like it one bit. Doesn't smell good. It doesn't taste good. Therefore, I am casting it aside. I am taking 
right with you. I'm taking Florida minus five and a half. And I think the Gators are going to come through here. We got a petition like the high gambling courts here. This, this is egregious that you keep <laughs> changing your picks against the model. This is the man versus the model. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. I, I need it. I need these wins bad. All right. All right. In our third game, we have from the big 12 Oklahoma state home against visiting Baylor an undefeated Baylor team. I might add. Yeah. Oklahoma state is the favorite here. Even with two losses, they are minus three and a half favorite Baylor plus three and a half. Who do you like? You going with the undefeated Baylor team? Or are you going with the tried and true Oklahoma state team who burned me a couple of weeks ago? I'll be honest. I had no idea Baylor was ranked 18th. I had no idea. They are flying under the radar, at least my radar. I'm assuming they're flying under a bunch of other teams or other, other gamblers radars as well. Oklahoma is one of those funny teams, man. They were hanging with Texas a few weeks ago. They gave him a run. Mike Gundy's always got a little something up his sleeve. But like I said, I just know nothing about Baylor. I can't feel comfortable picking Baylor in this situation. Uh, I got to take Mike Gundy purely on the fact that he's rocking a mullet and I know nothing about Baylor. So if anyone is listening here, take that with a grain of salt, but I'm going with the mullet. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't like that. We have matched up so far, Yeah, but I fuck? too am taking Oklahoma state minus three and a half. My model has this game as an Oklahoma state win by 14 points. Whoa. Yeah. So one of the, the bigger discrepancies that I'm seeing this week, not that my model has proven that it's any good, but this is actually a game that I would consider betting at Oklahoma state minus three and a half. I've been waiting to see if it gets bet down closer to kickoff to Oklahoma state minus three. If folks are reading into the undefeated Baylor team, uh, this is one I have an eye on. I am certainly taking Oklahoma state here and hoping that they don't burn me again after losing to Texas tech a couple weeks ago. You know, it would be an interesting little side assignment for us is we should go through the listeners submissions and see if anybody is just straight up fading us. <laughs> that would be, and well, <laughs> the other thing too, I thought about doing is, is doing it the consensus pick each week, each week. Ooh. So that based on all the listener uh, submissions, we see who, who was the overall pick that they had chosen kind of going, looking at everyone and then seeing how that, uh, consensus pick did over the course of the season. Maybe we loop back on that at the end of the year. I love that idea. I think it's a great idea. Well done, Mr. Model. Well done, sir. All right. Our fourth pick, we are going to the Pac-12, my tried and true go-to. This is your your foreign area where I'm hoping I can take advantage of you. Need a passport to get up there. <laughs> we have Washington home, an underdog at home against a visiting Oregon Duck team. Washington is plus two and a half. Oregon is minus two and a half. Who do you like here? Yeah. Interesting teams here. Um, I have been riding Washington in the past year. I've picked them a few times. I think they've come through for me. I was big on their coach. This is a big coaching discrepancy in my mind. Chris Peterson's a hell of a coach. If you remember, he was the old uh, Boise state coach that kind of brought that program to prominence. They're a home dog. That is, uh, you don't find that very often from good teams in college football. Now, Oregon, I could have seen their, their season playing out a little differently if they maybe had knocked off Auburn in that week one game. Justin Herbert, I can't get a read on him. I was saying before we started doing this, or I should say last year, that I wanted Justin Herbert to declare for the NFL, be the Giants quarterback. I think I'm happy that it didn't play out that way because he just oh, seems a little too inconsistent. your own words. Yeah, eating some serious crow. 
if you're in my position here, I've won with Washington. You're telling me I can get a home team getting points. Give me Washington, man. Well, we agree yet again. Holy cannoli. <laughs> I have this game as a Washington win by about six points. Okay. All I'm not right. sure I like that. Hey. Oregon has played well. Oregon certainly has probably the better defense coming in here. And with Jacob Eason having super hot games and then some off games, I'm not sure what to expect. But uh, I'm going to go along with the model here and say that this is a game that I've been thinking about betting, although I may just stay away, which is probably likely. The game has already been bet up to uh, Washington plus three now. So folks are tending to fall on Oregon at minus two and a half. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm liking Washington. I'm hope they show up and play better offensively than they've had in the past. And, uh, we'll see if they're home. Yeah. We'll see how they do. Also quick shout out. How about Georgia quarterbacks? Jake yeah. Eason used to be there. Justin Fields. I mean, Ohio state, they got a lot of talent that's left that program for Jake from for sure. All right. Our last game also in the pac 12, we have Utah. These are both ranked teams. Utah is home against Arizona state. Utah is a pretty big favorite, minus 13 and a half. Arizona State, the visiting underdog, plus 13 and a half. Are you going with my Utes? Or are you going to go with that Arizona State team? See, this is an interesting situation for me. Okay. You're having the ability to look at your model and change your pick based on your gut. Well, <laughs> I don't have that luxury, my friend. But what I do have is a little bit of knowledge about you and the Utah Utes. Okay. Now, that is not. Joe Pesci and my cousin Vizzy saying Utes. It is the Utah Utes. Put that in your cap. Okay. I know you're heavy on them. I know they're a better team here. And I know it's a lot of points to cover. But you're telling me that Herm motherfucking Edwards <laughs> is getting 13 and a half points? Hello? You play to win the game. Okay? Hello? I am taking Herm. I'm getting the points here. They're going to cover, and I am getting a win on the back of my guy, Herm Edwards. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to be on the opposite side of you here, and I cannot wait for those Utes <laughs> to absolutely steamroll this Arizona State team. I'm in 100% disagreement here. So I am seeing this game as a big Utah win. I'm seeing this as a Utah win by about 28 points. Whoa, baby. Now, if I look at the lines currently right now, it is still hovering around 13 and a half. Not much has changed from since when it's opened. 13 and a half is still a lot of points, but mm -hmm. I've bet this game. I've taken Utah minus 13 and a half. I'm hopeful that they will be able to win by more than two touchdowns. I think based on what I'm seeing in my model, they should be able to do by at least three. I like that they are home. I like that they have Herm. I think this is a Utah win by a bunch of points here. I disagree, my friend. Let me ask you this. Did anybody think that Arizona State was going to beat Michigan State a couple weeks ago? No. No. No, they didn't. Did anyone think they were going to beat Cal? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yet here they are. Hanging around, hanging around. And you know what else I like about them? In their games, they've lost. They've kept it close. And even if they don't win this game, they're going to keep this game close. Well, did anyone think that they would lose to a Colorado Buffalo team? That no is comment. just no comment. <laughs> yeah. Listen, everyone has an off day. Okay. That yeah. was Herms. 
Okay. But hey, we're back. I'm riding her, man. All right. Well, we'll, we shall see how it goes. All right. Before we cut off and go to our NFL segment, can I give you two bets that I've made? And, Absolutely. Uh, let me first review last week. I went O and two in the two bets that I put on this podcast. So good job by me. <laughs> it's been, <laughs> wait, it's been wait, rough. Let me ask you this. Are you making these picks based on the model or are you doing your little thing where you're going against the model and flip-flopping? No, I'm, I'm riding with the model on a lot of these picks and it has not been working out. It might be time to put in our George Costanza motto that we built this podcast around. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite must be true. Uh, it's very tempting and I'm almost there. I've been uh, having a lot of soul searching this week. That's for sure. <laughs> My two bets from last week, Memphis minus three was a loss, man. They, uh, did not cover that against temple. They ended up losing Washington state minus one. This went back and forth, back and forth. They ended up losing. They got rolled. Not good. So here are my two bets that I'm looking at for this week. And the first one is a game that is being played tonight. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Yeah. Troy is home against South Alabama. I got this bet in a couple days ago at the, and I missed the opening. So I didn't get the best line. I got Troy minus 14 and a half. Currently what I'm seeing is this is being bet up all the way to Troy minus 17 and a half. Oh, my model has this game as a Troy win by about 26 points. So I am hopeful that they will win this big and well beyond the two touchdowns, 14 and a half that I have taken them on. The second game that I will call out, I'll just use one that's, it's one on Saturday too. I'm taking Appalachian State <laughs> against Louisiana Monroe. So Appalachian State is also a pretty big favorite here. They are favored by 14 and a half when I locked in my line. They are now, I'm looking at lines, they're currently up to either 14 and a half or 15, depending on where you look. My model for this game has this as an Appalachian State win by about 28 points for touchdowns. I'm hoping that they, like Troy tonight, cover and cover easily. Those are my two picks for the week. We will see how they go. Anything but up after going 0 2. How about App State showing up twice in a row and playing Louisiana Lafayette and now playing Louisiana Monroe? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought? (laughs) All right. That's some good value picks, man. And listen, if we got to have a little intervention with these best bets and start going Costanza, I'm happy to talk you through it, my man. (laughs) I I made a may need a Dr. Melfi session to uh, walk me through it because it's been it's been a little rough. I've been having to uh, go back to the drawing board and really rethink rethink things. We haven't had a Melfi in a while, so I think that might be a good idea. (laughs) All right. Let's go talk some NFL. Let's do it, man. Let's welcome on Coulter. Stay tuned for our second segment with our NFL picks. Okay, for the second segment this week, once again, we are welcoming on our very own NFL insider Coulter. What's going on, my man? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, just, you know, coming off a pretty solid week, nine and five uh, in week six. I have to say week seven, I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm looking through the slate. This is my most confident week yet. I think I have a good grasp on 
pretty much all the games. I think there's one or two lines that really don't make sense. Green Bay, Oakland, that's a weird one. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to discuss from week six before we hop into week seven. Yep. We got a wide open board this week. Mr. Model, you are coming to us with an announcement about your picks this week. What do you got? I am coming wounded. I'm coming down. I'm coming dragging. And I'm coming without the model this week. It's been a, a busy week. I haven't been able to get to it. But that actually might help me, given how it's been doing over the last couple of weeks. I'm, I'm trying to come optimistic. Yeah, you never know. This could be like Tony Stark without the Iron Man suit. You know, <laughs> he's pretty fucking smart. We'll see what happens. <laughs> You're even a better fighter without the Iron Man suit. That's <laughs> you never know, man. So week six kind of played out a little funky. I know both of your team, the Denver Broncos, shocked at least me. I know Coulter, you were on them early. What'd you make of that game? They were one of four favorites that won this past week. The Patriots covered on, or I should say, covered covered on Thursday night. Panthers covered in London. The Vikings covered early on Sunday and the Broncos were the last favorite to cover this week against Tennessee. And I, you know, I did have that down as a possible best bet last week and I faded away from it. Uh, but I, my analysis was spot on Vic Van Gio versus Marcus Mariota. It played out exactly how I thought slash how I wanted it to play out. Uh, if you're a defensive coordinator in this league of Vic Van Gio status and you can't shut down Marcus Mariota, what are you worth? And you know what? He proved that he's worth something because he made Marietta look so bad that they benched him and Tennessee's going with Ryan Tannehill. I do regret uh, not having that as my best bet last week because I was definitely looking at it. And uh, foolishly, I just stuck with the Rams. I locked into the Rams without factoring in their injuries. And uh, this was the most healthy offense in football in 2017 and 2018, if you do it statistically in terms of games missed. The Rams now are leading the NFL in offensive games missed for their starters. This is a team that's not as healthy as people think, and it's showing up. San Francisco dominated the line of scrimmage, especially in the second half. We've all seen the gifts of their defensive coordinator by now making a scene on the <laughs> sideline. Yep. Credit, credit to the Niners. I didn't see him coming. Um, I thought the Rams were the more talented team. I think San Francisco is the better coach team right now. They're the more talented team, and the Rams are just injured. And, of course, the Rams made the splash yesterday for Jalen Ramsey, so we'll see how that plays out. But no best bets on the Rams this week. I do like them at Atlanta uh, going uh, into the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome to play those lowly Falcons. But I will not be putting them as a best bet because they did me no good last week. I should have picked the Broncos for sure. And who would have thought when you got to this point where we're at in the season, looking into week seven, that the only two undefeated teams would going to be the Patriots, which I think everyone figured in. But the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy G, what the hell is going on? It shows if you can run the football, maintain the clock, play good defense. That is just the recipe for success in this league. Don't turn the ball over, and that's exactly what Jimmy G is. He's become uh, efficient, a game manager, maybe a slightly better than a game manager, and he's let the running backs and the defense kind of just roll all over the place. Uh, San Francisco is definitely a team that's surging, uh, but there's some teams that are sinking. The Chiefs, we just mentioned the Rams, and then, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll go over the Cowboys here in a second, but those are teams that are fading hard. The Chargers are... They're, that ship is sunk already. And as far as I'm concerned, that's four playoff teams from last year. Are those teams even going to make the playoffs this year? we got the 49ers, as you just mentioned, St. Seahawks are soaring in the NFC. Those are three very impressive teams in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And to see some of the trajectory of these teams, 49ers stock way up Rams way down. Yeah. And I lost my, my second pick, which we'll get to, but green Bay being five and one is kind of a fucking laughing stock. I mean, let's not jump into the, the referees and, and what's happening there because it's been covered ad nauseum. It's getting bad, but 
regardless, they're sitting there at five and one. I'm actually I, I'm surprised about the the Lions. We both wrote them off. I think the model had written them off. We weren't even thinking that the Detroit was going to even be a team worth talking about after week one. And now here they are a really tough loss to Green Bay, but they're playing really good defense. I guess we got to give Patricia a little bit of credit here. They look better than we thought we would. They would. Patricia is definitely not in the bottom half of coaches uh, fired. I think Dan Quinn is obviously our next in line. Jason Garrett after that disaster in New York has got to be high. Freddie Kitchens. I don't know if we're going to have a Brown segment today, but what a catastrophe that was on the goal line against Seattle last week. The uh, they challenged the play. Freddie calls a timeout to look at it again. All this time, they're wasting 15 minutes. The challenge is it doesn't get overturned. It's upheld. They end up having to run a play on fourth and one. Baker's looking at the sideline. Coach, what's the play? What's the play? They don't know what the play call is. They just had 15 minutes to decide what their fourth and one play was going to be. And then, of course, they settle with a cutback run from Nick Chubb, who played great, but disastrous turn of events. Kitchens, Doug Marone, Anthony Lynn, those are my bottom five coaches right now. What do you guys think? I was going to say, Mr. Model, I want to put you maybe quickly on the spot here to crunch some numbers here about who you think would be the first coach now fired after we've already gotten one. Do we think it's going to be Jason Garrett? Do we think it's going to be Doug Marone? Or do we think it's going to be Freddie Kitchens? Or am I missing somebody? Well, Dan Quinn is the Dan next Quinn. One. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it's going to be Garrett or Quinn. Uh, I'm taking I'm going half and half on this one with my hedge, if you will. I'm taking a road team, but I'm taking a road favorite. And I am taking the Los Angeles Rams coming into the shitty house of Dan Quinn and just ending their season. He might, they might even get Dan Quinn fired on Monday. I think this is going to be a blowout. I know they've also got some injuries. Todd Gurley's questionable. Jared Goff looked like absolute butthole. I'll be honest. He looked terrible against the 49ers. The Atlanta defense is not the 49ers defense. I think this is a bounce back opportunity for Goff. I think it's a bounce back opportunity for McVay. They just made the trade. They get Jalen Ramsey. I think that is going to help motivate their team a little bit. It signals that, listen, they know they're struggling, but they're bringing in a really talented defensive player to jumpstart that defense. I love this matchup. I know it's the, we just talked about too, the West coast teams going East to a one o'clock game, but I just don't see any way this happens where it's not. I think it's going to be a Rams blowout. Colton. I do too. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully with you there. The motivational mismatch is one of the largest of the season. Um, I also circled this one in the, 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 this card has four games that I circled in the preseason for coaching mismatches. Uh, this was one of them. Mike Zimmer versus Matt Patricia coaching mismatch. We just went over Frank Reich and Bill O'Brien. I think Doug Peterson, Jason Garrett, that is one of the all time greatest coaching mismatches I've ever seen in my life. But I think actually you could argue that the biggest one of the week is Sean McVay, one of the league's best head coaches, going up against Dan Quinn, who's on his way out. You really don't need to say anything more than that. Uh, this is a team you just nailed, hit the nail right on the head. They're hyped up after the big trade. Atlanta season's in the tank after losing to the Cardinals in the desert. Uh, this is just two teams heading in opposite directions, I think. The motivation's there. The coaching edge is there. I love the Rams. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you guys. I have also taken the Rams. My one worry is that they're actually going through more injuries than we probably yeah. think. I think Gurley, I, I keep to leave. Um, the, although they have Ramsey now, uh, I think clay Matthews is still going to be out Brandon yep. cooks. So there's a bunch of people who are still kind of hurt and nursing injuries. So hopefully they can uh, push through that and come, come here and, and win this one in a, in a big way. 
Yeah. Great point by the model there. There, that is exactly what killed my bet last week is the Rams injuries on offense. And again, this is my, this might not be a team that knows how to function when it's not healthy. The brilliance of New England is that team can roll 35-14 against your Giants even when it's down two offensive linemen, a fullback, and two receivers. Next man up. What, what an impressive uh, franchise they are. The Rams might be that. We don't we don't really know. They didn't look like they had it last week against the Niners. But now they've had a week to transition and to get used to things. They also traded for a lineman this week. So maybe they are going to be able to fill in and do the patchwork thing with their, their injuries. It's to be determined right now. All we know is what we know. And that's the Rams are motivated and that they have a coaching edge. So it's yeah. enough for me to take the Rams, but I do like the models point there. The injuries uh, would make me hesitant. I, I thought it was going to be my best bet when I first looked at it, but I took it off because they burned me last week and they do have those injuries. Yeah, that's my only concern, but I think it's going to play out well. So, uh, okay, Coulter, why don't you give us your key pick? Are you going to jump on my bandwagon? I'm going to – well, we already are on the same bandwagon, yeah. Bronco, Broncos <laughs> Chiefs. But, yeah, this one's uh, – I already highlighted the Redskins as a team that nobody wants to take. I'm going to take another team with my best bet. Is this is a team nobody wants to bet on, and it's the Bengals, plus three and a half. <laughs> First win is my number one point here. The Bengals are still searching for theirs. They are highly motivated to get it. This is not a team that's tanking like Miami. This is a team that did cover the spread against the Ravens. They've covered the spread against Seattle. Their run defense is atrocious, and everyone should be worried about that. However, I think this is a deflated Jags team, as I just mentioned. They just lost their best defensive player. Clearly, Clearly, they're playing for the future. It's brutal if you're a player in that locker room. We're going to see what the what the Minshew magic is, because if he can rally them after this brutal, brutal deflating trade, then, you know, he might be worth something long term in the NFL, because this is a huge, huge disadvantage. It begs the question, is Marone going to lose the locker room? And when I think it could be this week when Cincinnati comes into Duval and upsets the Jaguars, just like my first pick, too, there's a ton of value on this one. The look ahead line for this is one and a half for the Jaguars. Somehow it's three and a half now. I don't understand how the Jaguars got two points better uh, over last week. They lost Jaguars. uh, If anything, they've gotten worse since then. They lost Ramsey forever. He's gone. And clearly their season is meant to be a bridge towards the future. Meanwhile, in the interim, uh, the Bengals actually proved that they can hang on the road with a division rival who I think is a lot better than Jacksonville. So I see a team that's hyper motivated, getting good value and I just like the Bengals and I've had such a bad luck with my uh, key pick. I've taken good teams here. That's been kind of my theme. I'll take good teams. The Bengals are terrible, but you know what? I see this as a total, total value play. I love them going into Jacksonville. I don't trust Jacksonville uh, motivation after losing Ramsey. I'll give Bengals, it to you and, and I'll give it to the model here. You guys are both ballsy for taking teams that haven't had a win and making them your key picks. It's, <laughs> it's a ballsy move. <laughs> and I think I think Cincinnati is actually home for this game. Yeah, oh. their home team. Oh wow! Yeah, I I screwed that one up. Sorry, everybody who's listening. <laughs> hey, but you know, still, that makes your picks a little love, stronger. I still love the points here. I mean, the value is even more. I mean, at three and a half. Again, what did the Jaguars do to move the line from one and a half a week ago to three and a half? They've lost their best player. It just doesn't make any sense. Now that I know that they're home, I love it even more. I mean, I thought it was going to be down in the heat of Florida. I still like Cincinnati. This team will get a win, and I think it's going to be this week. Mr. Yeah. I, so I'll admit, I'm against you here. I'm taking uh, Jacksonville minus three and a half, but I don't feel strongly about this game. 
I think I'm more hopeful that the Jacksonville offense can show up and play. They've gotten much better performance from uh, their running back than they've certainly what I've expected this year. What's his name? Fournette. Thank you, Leonard Fournette. Um, Yeah, I totally agree with you. Ramsey is going to be a huge loss for them in the secondary in terms of coverage. When I look on the other side of the ball, though, I'm not super worried about any of the receivers that Cincinnati has. So maybe that's not going to impact them that much this game. I'm just hopeful Jacksonville will come through. I'm I'm, t- I'm going to be going against you here and going Jacksonville minus three and a half. I I don't have a read here on this game. I, it's just they're two bad teams. When you it's come one of the worst it, one of the worst games of the week for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this worse than uh, Washington Miami last week, or is this better? <laughs> this is right up there, I think. Right, yeah. Minshew versus Dalton, I think, is slightly better than uh, what we had last week. Rosen versus uh, Case Keenum, I think that's the worst. It's yeah. one of the worst matchups for sure. I think you're right as well. I have no read in this game. I think you got some good points, Colter, that eventually Cincinnati is going to get a win. I, I don't think they're that bad that they're going to go winless this year. Jacksonville, they just get rid of Jalen Ramsey. You don't know what's happened in that locker room. I'm purely picking the Bengals here just because of the underdog thing that we talked about here. If I can get some value with a home dog, I think it's it's worth looking into. And that that's my only thought there. That's why I pick on Cincinnati, but I got to give it to you, man. You're ballsy for making that your key pick. <laughs> I like the dogs this week. All the bad dogs too. I'm ugly. Dogs are my favorite this week. Bengals <laughs> skins, Dolph, dolphins. I love too. Josh Allen getting 16 and a half points. Bring it on. I know Miami's bad, but that guy cannot get margin in the NFL. All right, let's see. Mr. Model, you you went crazy ballsy last week with Washington. What, what do you got up your sleeve this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to come back a little more traditional this week. I am taking the Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Detroit. And I'm just looking at this game. I was like, uh, okay, like what do I know to be true? Like I think Detroit has played well over the last couple of weeks, definitely better than what I would have expected. But so has Minnesota. I think they're just the better team in general. I think they've got a ton of playmakers. And Kirk Cousins needs to – I think he's had a big realization that he needs to get the ball out of his hand and into his playmakers' hands. I think he's starting to hear more and more in the locker room from guys like Thielen and, and Diggs and kind of how they're disappointed. The line here that we have in our competition is minus a half point for Minnesota. And when I look at the live lines, that's already moved up to – Minnesota favored by one Minnesota favored by one and a half already. So I actually think that we're getting pretty good value. If we take that half point, I also think Minnesota is just the better team. So I'm going to go Minnesota as my key pick minus a half point over Detroit. What do you think? This game is, is, is tricky for me because Minnesota is a team. I cannot get a read on one week. They're terrible. One week. They're amazing. They blow out the giants, which is not a big accomplishment. They come back, they blow out uh, who did they play last week. Philly. Philly, thank you. And they destroyed Philly. And Philly's another team I can't get a read on either. Now, Detroit, on the other hand, I wrote them off completely. And then all of a sudden, they start winning these tough games. They're scrappy. They're hanging in Green Bay with the Packers. If a couple flags go their way, they, they probably win that game here. Because it's a coin flip, I just don't know what to make on that one. I'm on Detroit for this game just because you know I, I think being at home is going to help them here. Kirk Cousins on the road. It's just tough to pick him. I just don't believe in him. So I'm taking Detroit. I have the stat of the week and I'm so happy. A plus job model for bringing this game in. I had the Vikings as one of my bets, but I could not, I can't abuse a team twice. I learned that last week at the Rams. I had them in week four and I won on Thursday night, picked them again in week five. I'm going away from that formula. It doesn't work, but I do love the Vikings here. And here's why this is the stat of the week. Kirk cousins. You just mentioned it, Kaz. 
This team seems like it's two different teams, right? Yep. Here's why. Super, super regimented Kirk Cousins. He has the strict he has, follows a strict schedule. It allows him to play optimally at 1 p.m. games. He is 65% against the spread at 1 p.m. He is not a good player later in the day, like when he played against the Bears at 4 Eastern earlier this season. I think we see good Kirk Cousins yet again here. People will bet against him, thinking it's a case of Je- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's the wrong approach. This is a quarterback who's not inconsistent on a week-to-week basis like Jameis Winston or Jared Goff. Rather, his downfall happens based on the time the game kicks off. This kickoff time is in his favor. He is 35 or 35% against the spread when it's 4 o'clock or 8 o'clock on a Sunday. He is 65% against the spread when it's 1 p.m. Love the Kirk Cousins stat there. And also just adding in the Lions are coming off a deflated loss. I always fade a team coming off a deflated loss. They're pointing fingers at the league, the referees. I hate teams when this happens. They're spending a lot of their time coming off a short schedule on a Monday night football game, complaining about all these refs. Lack of focus. Matt Patricia's the worst coach. There's so many factors in here. I love the, the Vikings and that Kirk Cousins stat being the best of them. As you said, this is a team that appears on the surface to be inconsistent, but it's not Jameis Winston. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's just bad when the game kicks off late. Wow. That's pretty good stats, my friend. My favorite one of the week. That's why I picked the Vikings last week. He is a hot quarterback early on. We'll see if it I need holds it. up. I need yeah, it. You, <laughs> you, like, you, you, you like that? <laughs> you like that. Come on. <laughs> one time, baby. One time. All right. That's something to keep an eye on, Coulter. I, I, he's, a, he's two different quarterbacks, and I didn't realize it was a time thing. You think about it, Kirk Cousins, I rate him somewhere around 15 or 16 overall in terms of quarterbacks. But why is he 16 or 15? It's because he is in the middle. He is good. He's in the top 12 at some points. He looked like a top 12 quarterback last year, right? And then against the Bears, he looked like a bottom five quarterback. Yeah. I think this stat proves exactly why. He is good during the day, terrible when the sun goes down. Interesting numbers to look at. Well, yeah, gentlemen, keep following it. Yeah. You guys, uh, you you got a square look at my back right now as you are trailing the leader. Key pick Casale is ready to run away with this. I wish you guys luck this week because this might be over before halfway point of the season. I'm I'm grabbing the the wheels. I'm going with you. <laughs> I'm picking against my own team. I feel bad. It worked for you last week. Yep. The Thursday night games are they're either the easiest lines of the week or the, the hardest, and I think this one is actually a lot easier than people are making it out to. Oh yeah. Mr. Model. I will admit that as we were going through this podcast, I went and bet on the Kansas city chiefs. <laughs> so I am now vested and we'll see right. how they do on Thursday night. Minus three. I like that. I like a that lot, a lot. A lot of, a lot of good divisional football this week. I starting with that AFC West rivalry. I always love playing the chiefs. I, they're just better than we are right now, but uh, Cowboys Eagles on Sunday night should be fun. Jets Patriots rematch on Monday night football. We talked about the Houston Colts game that'll be a fun divisional game uh, lions vikings ton, tons of divisional implications going on this week all around yep. the week should be an excellent week of football all right gentlemen this was a pleasure as always this is episode 53 in the books we'll see everybody next week baby look at me look at me your money you know what else you're a big winner tonight i want to leave you're a big winner i'm gonna ask you a simple question i want you to listen to me who's the big winner here tonight at the casino huh Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.